Listener Production. Hello and welcome to this special Queen's Birthday Long Weekend episode of The Briefing. It's Monday, June 13, and the episode's special for a couple of reasons. One of them is actually that it's Jan Fran's last day before she has a baby. Hello, Jan. How are you feeling? Hello, Tom. Yeah, I'm about eight and a half thousand years pregnant. (laughs) So I am going to go off and have this baby and today's my last day. So I'm feeling, I don't know, I'm feeling a mixture of like anxiousness, nervousness, excited, a little bit sad to be heading off, not doing the briefing with you anymore. I'm sure you'll miss me at five in the morning. You'll be back, won't you? I'll be back, but you know... Probably not not for a few months, I reckon. I'm sure that who, whoever you'll find to replace me will do a great job and then I can kick him back out again when I come back. You'll be a different person. You'll be a mum. You know, the world might look completely different. Who knows what sort of things you're going to say on this podcast in the future. That's an exciting reason to keep listening. I know. If you thought I was loose now, you just wait till I come back after having a baby. The other reason this is a special episode that doesn't do the normal format uh, with the headlines, etc., is that it's happening on the Queen's birthday. So that means we're going deep on one particular topic today. And, Jan, we thought, you know, this was a good a time or maybe a disrespectful time as ever to talk about becoming a republic. Nah, I think it's a great time. Look, it's another year around the sun for Liz. Queen Liz, sorry. She is 96 years old. We do have our first ever assistant minister for the Republic under the Albanese government. You know, things are kind of moving along. So what better day to discuss whether or not we should become a Republic than the Queen's birthday? And we put the Republic question to you, actually, our listeners via Instagram. Some of you got in touch. Thank you so much for doing that. You know that we always love to hear from you. Here are some of your thoughts. I have this theory that we'll never become a republic because it will qualify us from the Commonwealth Games. I don't see why any good reason for having a 96-year-old lady that doesn't even live in this country as the figurehead of our government. I would like us to properly recognise our history and I don't feel that can be done completely while we're still part of the monarchy. Yeah, some interesting reactions there. I love the point about the Commonwealth Games. I'm not sure that that's true. The sort of Olympics are the main (laughs) games people look forward to and the Rugby World Cup. That last point was interesting about properly recognising our history because this referendum would be coming after and maybe very soon after a referendum on enshrining a First Nations voice in our constitution. So I think these issues around national identity are going to be a huge feature of the next three or six years. Well, a guy who will have a big role in a lot of those questions is the new and first ever in Australia Assistant Minister for the Republic. His name is Matt Thistlethwaite. He is the local member actually where I live in Kingsford Smith in Sydney. Yes, and he joins us now. Matt, thanks for joining us on the briefing on this day. Tell us, how are you celebrating the Queen's birthday? Well, it's a rare day off for me, so I'll be spending it with the family. I've got four young kids and we'll probably be heading down to Maroubra Beach and uh, having a little bit of picnic down there and um, just hanging out with the family today. So uh, relish the opportunity to spend some time with them. Right. Well, I actually live in your electorate, Matt. And when I went to vote at Ramwick Town Hall, I didn't know that you would be taking on this position of an assistant minister for a republic. In fact, I don't think anyone knew that Labor was going to create this position. Becoming a republic wasn't even an election issue. So Why didn't you tell us about this before the election? Well, we did. Uh, I've been in this role for the past five years. I was the shadow minister for an Australian republic 
Uh, it's been in the Labor Party platform for well over the last decade. Uh, we've always committed to being in government and working towards having an Australian as our head of state. Uh, it was mentioned a couple of times during the campaign. Of course, it wasn't the major issue. Uh, it wasn't front and centre of the campaign. Cost of living, climate change were all dominant issues. But we want to slowly and progressively bring this issue back on the agenda in Australia, but do it in consultation with the Australian people and hopefully build a consensus over time for a referendum to have one of our own as our head of state. Okay, I guess that just didn't hit my radar and I didn't know that you'd been in that position for so long. It sort of, um, I guess, begs another question. Why you? Are you particularly passionate about this issue personally? I am. Uh, I've been a member of the Republic movement now for well over 25 years. I was deeply involved in the 99 campaign, so... I know the pitfalls of the mistakes that were made back then. And I said in my first speech to Parliament back in 2013 that in my time in the Parliament, I hope to advance the course for an Australian Republic and hopefully see one of our own appointed as the head of state in my time there. So I guess you could say I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm trying to work as hard as I can within the Labor team uh, and with the Australian people to bring this issue back on the agenda and hopefully move towards uh, having a referendum in the future. And I think that as the Queen comes to the twilight of her reign, Australians are naturally starting to think, well, what comes next for us? And is mm. it appropriate anymore for us to just wake up one morning and find that Charles will be the new head of state of Australia without the Australian people having considered who is best for the job and having a say in that? So your government's already planning a referendum on the First Nations voice to Parliament, and that's happening in the first term of this Parliament. What is the timeline for this referendum? So Labor's got a long-term vision for Australia, where we want to take our country over the next decade. And our priority in our first term is the voice to Parliament and delivering constitutional recognition. And it's appropriate that that comes first. That's the, still the great injustice an untruth of Australia's constitution that needs to be rectified. But my hope is that if that referendum is successful, the next natural progression for Australia to take is to look to have one of our own as our head of state. Uh, we're a mature nation, an independent nation that makes its decisions independent of Great Britain. We have our own unique identity and culture. And I think that it's time that we began a serious discussion about identifying one of our own and uh, appointing one of our own as our head of state. It's the ultimate endorsement and confidence in the Australian people, I think, moving forward. So you're talking about two referendums in two terms of parliament. Referendums are relatively rare in Australia. Is that just too many referendums? Referendums are very tricky and very hard to get up in Australia. Um, of the 44 referendums that we've held, only eight have been successful and we haven't had a successful one since 1977. So we're very so much So do you think practice. you'll get two successful referendums in two terms of parliament then? Well, the key ingredient to a successful referendum is the support and the endorsement of a prime minister and a government. Um, and when you look back to the 99 referendum on the Republic, uh, when you think about it, although John Howard put it up, his heart wasn't in it. And the Australian people knew that. And he actually, in the dying days, campaigned against it. You're never going to get a successful referendum if, if the government of the day 
is opposed to it. What's changed now is that we've finally got a Prime Minister uh, that's willing to lead on these two important issues, uh, to put them back on the agenda and work with the Australian people in a cooperative manner to try and make them a success in the future. And I believe that with the right consultation, um, with the right campaign, we can be successful on two of these issues. So if you were successful on this, would it also mean that we'd need to address some other big national identity issues like changing the flag and changing the, the day that we celebrate our nation? This isn't about uh, changing the flag. Uh, the Republic is, is simply about trying to amend the Constitution to have one of our own as our head of state. Um, so I, I don't want to mix this up with other issues. I am certainly aware of the controversy that exists around Australia Day and I think that a solution to that in the future um, and a day that would unite Australians is a day that we democratically elect to have one of our own as our head of state. Um, That could become a new national day for Australians to unite around into the future. So it's not about changing the flag. It's purely about initially trying to get uh, a voice to parliament and the wishes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders through the Uluru Statement from the Heart delivered. And then if that's successful, hopefully moving on to a campaign and a successful referendum around having an Australian as our head of state. So, Matt, we had one in 1999, which you mentioned before. 45% of Australians voted yes, 55% voted no. Uh, What makes you think those percentages have changed in the last 20 years, particularly given that this really hasn't been a massive issue in Australia? Yeah, that's a a good point. And it hasn't been a national issue because you haven't had a government and a prime minister willing to put it back on the agenda. And I think that's going to change now with Anthony Albanese as the Prime Minister. He's already indicated that he's keen to bring these issues back onto the agenda and to try and lead the debate around them. So that's that first key ingredient. Secondly, in 1999, there was division over the model and Republicans were split. And I'm deeply conscious of that and I want to try and avoid that into the future. So this is about, for me, trying to build a consensus around the model and something that will unite Australians into the future. So I'm going to take my time with this. I'm going to work cooperatively with a number of organisations. I've got meetings booked in with the Australian Republic movement, uh, the Royal Republic in Brisbane, Women for an Australian Republic. I've even reached out to the Australian Monarchist League, to Phil Benwell and his organisation to try and sit down with them. This, This for me has to be a cause that unites Australians rather than divides us. So is getting the model right a huge part of what you'll be doing in this job? Uh, Over time, it it will be, uh, and that will be the key to the success of the ultimate referendum. Um, In 99, I can recall some of the advocates of direct election advocating and and encouraging Australians to vote no and saying things like, uh, oh, you just vote no, we'll get another go in a couple of years' time. (laughs) Well, it's almost 30 years down the track and we still haven't had another go at this. So... I think we need to be conscious of the fact that these are once-in-a-generation opportunities and we need to get the model right. And I want to take my time and work on that with the Australian people to hopefully build a consensus. Okay, so just for our listeners to explain what we're talking about with the model here, this is the way that if we become a republic that we will choose our head of state. And to sum it up in very simple terms, in, in 99, the model put forward was a model where 
the parliament chose a head of state, it would need to be a two-thirds majority, which essentially means it would have needed to be a sort of a bipartisan thing, the two major parties both backing the same person. Um, so that was part of the reason that the referendum went down in, in 99. The latest model put forward by the Republican movement is a popular vote. So us, the people, would get to choose from a list of candidates put forward by um, state and federal leaders. Which way do you lean, Matt, a parliament-chosen head of state or a popular vote? At the moment, I've got an open mind um, and I want to explore all of the options. Uh, you're right, there's, there's various views about how we should do this. I think the key thing is that, for me, in my discussions with Australians, that they want to maintain the system of government that we have and the democracy that we have. And I think that that's fair enough because it served Australia well. We've got relatively high living standards. We're a, a country uh, that's done quite well in the short time frame since colonisation. Um, so you want to maintain the integrity of that system, but at the same time have an Australian as our head of state. So that could involve everything from the minimalist model where you simply remove references to the Queen in the Constitution and replace them with a reference to the Governor-General, all the way up to a model such as the Australian Republic movements where there's a chosen list of candidates from the various states and territories in the Commonwealth and they're put to a vote. We've got to make sure, I think, that we maintain the integrity of our system, but at the same time, make sure that people feel like they've had a say in this and that they've had a, a choice in who they want to be the head of state of Australia into the future. So they're all the options that we've got to work through. And I think that to do that properly, we need to start consulting uh, and talking to the Australian people about that. head of state would be called? Would they just be called the head of state or would they be the president or the governor general or the boss of Australia? Do you have a title in mind? I feel like well, I'm putting the, the cart before the horse, but I don't care. I want to know, Matt. Yeah, well, look, look I, I, I agree. I think these are all the issues we need to discuss and it's wonderful that you're, you're helping put this on the agenda. You could look at leaving the title as it is of governor general or you could move to calling the person a president. Uh, some have advocated that it should be an Aboriginal elder's name uh, that's agreed between Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. These are all options that are on the table. You know, the people are, are wary of the, the American presidential system and, and maybe that's a term that comes with some baggage. Um, so these are all the options and the issues that we need to work through as a country and try and work out what suits us as a nation and what we believe is best for us. And I, I want to give you an example of Barbados, uh, which became a republic last year. Barbados took its time. It did it in consultation with the royal family and members of the royal family flew to Barbados for the handing over ceremony. So nations like that are moving to become republics. They're doing it in consultation with the royal family and with their populations and they're getting it right. And I think that there's some lessons that Australia can learn from those examples into the future. Yeah, I think the reason why it's important what this person would be called, you know, especially if they are going to be called the president, because that would determine, I think, how much agency the Australian public want in choosing this person. So I think given, I won't call it baggage, but the meaning that comes with the word president, because we follow the US presidential elections so closely, that if it was to be called a president, 
it would be expected that we would get to choose them. But if it's the Governor-General, maybe it would be a more similar process to the way the Governor-General's chosen now without the sign-off of the Queen, obviously. So these are tricky things. And, and Matt, I know you said, oh, you, you want to keep an open mind to all these questions, but you told me at the start of this interview you've been in a shadow Assistant Minister for Republic role for five years. You must have a view. You must. You're so passionate about all of this, but you're just keeping your cards held back. Yeah, I am keeping my cards held back, to be honest, at the moment, uh, because I want to make sure that I consult as widely as possible and hear all of the views. So I don't want to lock us into a position this early in the debate that may ultimately harm or denigrate from uh, the ultimate success of this argument. So I really do want to keep an open mind. There's plenty of options out there. The great thing about uh, my appointment over the last week or so is that so many Australians have emailed me and contacted my office uh, with different views and different models, and it's fantastic. And I think that we need to encourage more of this participatory democracy in Australia. And one of my my keen um, interests in this role initially will be one of education. Uh, you mentioned earlier that, that we haven't had this on the on the agenda since '99. There's a whole generation of of young Australians that weren't around in 1999 and aren't really au fait with the arguments and the intense debate that we had in '99 around this issue. Um, I think there's an education role that I can play in informing that generation that we do have a foreigner as our head of state at the moment, that we could have an Australian and that there's various options for how we would choose that. The other group is newly arrived migrants. Um, Many of them don't understand uh, the details of our constitutional system and there's a fair bit of work that needs to be done there. So I see my role initially very much as one of education and highlighting these issues and hopefully building a consensus over time. Hey, Matt, just promise me, whatever happens, we still get the Queen's birthday public holiday. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we're in the midst of it. Uh, you'd be a very brave politician to try and take public holidays off the Australian people. <laughs> but, I mean, if, if, if we say if we did become a republic um, and we voted democratically to do that, I would dare say that that might become a national day, uh, a public holiday, the day that we do vote to do that. Uh, Many nations throughout the world, when they do either vote uh, or get their independence, those become national days. A day like the Queen's birthday, you could even look to have that as a new public holiday where we celebrated the contribution of Australian volunteers um, and the work that they do to better Australian society. There's so many options that we could look at. Uh, Mm. where we maintain the public holidays, but we make them a little bit more about Australia and what we stand for. Okay, I'm going to take that long answer and shorten it to yes. We still get the public holiday. Thank you for saying that, Matt, this way. I'm an advocate for that for sure. You got me on board with that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us on the briefing this morning. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, so that was Matt Thistlesweight, who is a Labor MP for the city of Kingswood-Smith, and he is the Assistant Minister for a Republic, and he pulled me up there, Jen. It seems like it was my ignorance that, that sort of um, let me down, didn't know that Labor already had this shadow position, but I think it's still a lot of Australians would have been surprised to suddenly wake up after the election and find out we have someone in this position. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one thing to have someone in a shadow position that nobody really talks about for years compared to suddenly announcing that this is going to be, you know, a pretty significant position within the Labor Ministry. It is an assistant position, but nonetheless, the first one that we've kind of ever had 
there's a bit of a difference there, I reckon. I found that really interesting where he we were sort of asking him, you know, what would it be called? What would the model be? What's your position? And he had to sort of say, look, I've got an open mind. I'm going to hear everyone out. Um, and I think it's good that he's been in this in the role, the shadow role, for so long. It means he's clearly passionate about this and he's going to need to be because every man and his dog is going to be coming and giving him their two cents on how they think this should happen. And I might even be one of them. I mean, given he's my local <laughs> member, That's I wouldn't right. mind. If I see him at the pub, seriously, I will go straight up, buy him a beer and say, mate, what do you really think? Like, should it be called president? You know, should it be elected by the parliament? Look, the I'm just going to put it out there, Tom, and say that it's entirely possible that he's not made up his mind on this issue. Like, being in a shadow role is very different to being in government and then having to implement something. And this is very fledgling. We're very, very early on in the journey towards becoming a republic. So I do think that he genuinely has to keep an open mind and just accept beers from people such as yourself talking his ear off at the local Maroubra pub. Yeah, but he even said he's been, he was at it in 1999 back then, so he's that passionate. He's been going on about this for 20-odd years as if he doesn't have a view on how it should happen. Well, lots of things change between 1999 and now. I'm not saying That's he doesn't. Good. I'm just saying that there's good reason to keep an open mind at this point. Well, I think the one thing that will change will be my vote. Little dirty secret, in 1999, I voted no. Look out. <laughs> Although, another dirty secret, which is out and everyone knows it, in 1999, you were a very God-fearing Christian, which I imagine you're not anymore. Lots of things change. <laughs> totally. Listener.